BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. My name is Brian. Wait, that I could play the best friend in a rom com now. You can overcome OJ Simpson easier than you can Bill O'Reilly. I, I... She got on that National Lampoon Yayo program. Hello and Welcome. We're back from the ballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Episode 313 of the show. We've been doing this for a minute. Wow. Why aren't we better at it? Not sure. Um, thank you very much for joining us, listening to what we do here every week. We're, we've been busting out some movies, trying to keep it light and fun because it, I think the world, I think it might be the apocalypse. I'm not sure. Um, We'll find out, I guess. I'm drinking like it's the apocalypse, that's for sure. Um, I am joined now, as I am each and every week, by Mr. Ed Daly. Ed, what's up? Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking a ton more now. Like, I'm I'm putting on enough weight that I could play the best friend in a rom-com now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting that kind of fat. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an issue. I went running yesterday with my kid, and I thought my lungs were going to explode, and I think I might have COVID now. Um, the other voice you hear is... Tremendous friend of the show, a guy everybody loves to hear when he comes on. We're happy to have him, Mr. Travis Rogers. Trav, what's up? Hi, guys. I'm very excited to be here. I always like the baller lifestyle. I'm very, very excited, especially in the midst of a pandemic and Brian having COVID. It's very exciting. It's great. Uh, Now, Trav and I are physically probably about six miles away from each other right now, but it's, uh, you know, we're, we're quarantining, so... We're doing this over Skype. It's a three-way Skype, high degree of difficulty, um, but it's it's good to have everybody here. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about a movie. Um, but before we do that, let's let's knock out. I have, see, we just got a couple emails. Let's knock these out real quick, so we don't we're not all when when things get back to normal, we're not uh, completely weighed down by the all the correspondence. Brian. You like this one, Trav? I do. I like them all. Yeah, they're good. My name is Brian. They call me the other guy. I host a podcast show. I'll give Hedro Life a try. It's very hurtful. If you see something on my hand that makes you think I'm not a man, a man. it's just my <laughs> 
I don't know. So I can't remember a certain, a certain type. I can't remember. Who, well, said, I understand. Well, who owns anything on DVD? First of all, but, you know, a, a gentleman of the peers, right? A midnight botanist, early botanist. Those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, it takes a certain type. I understand. Uh, a couple quick emails, both from Dave disc, Dave and Rancho San Clemente. Can, can I interrupt very quickly? Yep. I, you have no idea how badly I want these to be more horse winning. Yeah. Well, you think you think the horse winning thing is juice, Trav. You think that's that, that we're being worked by that. It's no, no, no. I, I asked the question if it is juiced. I don't know because it's just so incredibly weird. But I did say, Bri, that whether it's juiced or 100 percent legit, it's endlessly hilarious. Oh, because just the, the idea of somebody faking that is as funny as the actual person just doing it. It's it's. Actually, and yeah, you couldn't like if you were going to make something up, you couldn't come up with that because it's just too out there and weird. <laughs> exactly. Um, OK, with all the COVID-19 stuff going on, would you say Kenny Rogers knew when to fold them? Dave, Jeez, oh, Dave. you know, now that's t- that's awful and unfunny. And but I also saw about seven professional comedians do that joke on Twitter. So <laughs> it's just like I was like, that's it's right there. There was nothing that was there was a bigger lock than when Kenny Rogers yeah, did eventually yeah. die, that there was going to be a race to make the, the gambler <laughs> fold a joke. A lot of people went to their drafts folder. They're like, yeah, I got this thing queued up. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's like how the New York Times already has everybody's obituary written. The, 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 yeah. the, the fold them joke was right there for everybody to the use. The infamous Liz Taylor obit was written by somebody dead already 11 years earlier. Um, but... Kenny Rogers, and and this is sad, but once he got the plastic surgery, right? I, like I found him to be just—I I don't know—I I was not nearly as sad as if he didn't get the plastic surgery. Once that happened, I felt like, right, who is this guy anyway? It really tarnished his legacy for me. It was—it was a tough look. <laughs> Here, okay, I'll do it. I don't understand if you are Kenny Rogers, if you're Jerry Jones, if you're one of these guys that's just incredibly famous, incredibly wealthy, how you don't go find the really, really good plastic surgeon. I don't I don't know how you get a guy that gives you one of those to not realize they're already in it for your money, not for your looks. Right. 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 Jerry Jones, new and improved Jerry Jones or old Jerry Jones is still getting the same caliber action because he's a billionaire exactly and according to the good quote-unquote good face cutters they say the people that have plastic surgery are the that good plastic surgery are the people that you don't think have plastic surgery so anybody with any kind of face like these guys is obviously going to the wrong guys it's 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 <laughs> you know it's you wouldn't think Jerry Jones would go to Tijuana to get his facelift, but it appears that he did. Definitely. And by the way, only about a month ago, you know, the, the, uh, the song they use in Lebowski, uh, just stepped in to see what my condition is in. Great song. That, I always thought that was Kenny Rogers song. And then I heard the original. It's fantastic. Oh, it's, it's by, a- I, 
a guy named Mickey Newberry. I'd never heard of that version. It's great. It's a cover. I always thought it was Kenny Rogers yeah, song too. It's a cover. Some guy wrote it in the late sixties, like almost, well, almost like a folk song. It's it's pretty good. Wow, Mickey Newberry. I'll check it out. Kenny Rogers really seemed to be invested in the islands in the stream with Dolly. I like yeah. that part. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was, you know, sometimes you feel like they're kind of not really feeling each other. Yeah. I, I know for, I don't know what Dolly was going through, but I know Kenny, I know exactly what he was dealing with. He wanted to do some motorboating. Is that what he you're saying? Those islands in the stream. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it is kind of shocking to look back and Kenny and realize Kenny Rogers was a Big fucking star. He had a lot of hits on the radio. He was doing TV movies, acting in TV movies all the time. The dude had a career. Nice little run for old Kenny Rogers. Plus, he had the chicken joints. Yeah, maybe the weirdest storyline in Seinfeld history. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. the Kenny Rogers Roasters sign that was the Red Menace, Menace. Yeah. The Red Menace. <laughs> okay one more quick email also from Dave and we kind of hit on this already hey guys my beer consumption has risen dramatically and as a result I have put on the COVID-19 pounds <laughs> I was just wondering what you two or in this case three pillars of health are doing to stay in shape right now thanks Dave Trav I've been listening to your show you're working from home. It's It's got to be real hard not because you don't have to get up and drive. I mean, you still have to get up and be alert, but uh, all of us are at home right now. It's real hard not to make a drink at like four o'clock every day. You know, uh, I was afraid that I would fall into some really bad habits really quickly. I've done a pretty good job. I think I'm in the the other side of this. I think it goes one of two ways. You either start drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning and never leave the house, or you do things that you've never done before in your house. Thankfully, more often than not, I'm lazy. So when I get an opportunity to be home, I like to be home. And now that I can't go anywhere, I need to get out of the house. I've exercised more in the last two weeks than I have in the last two years. I hate your fucking gut. And, I have. and at least you're good. like me. You're, you're getting fat like well, me, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm doing I'm doing the insanity workout at home, yeah. so I'm I'm doing something. But I mean, I'm undoing all of that quickly. Like because we happen to be having an early daytime podcast, it's two thirty one p.m. and I cracked a beer you before this. Son of a Ooh, bitch. that's a good idea. I might step away yes. for a minute. Yeah, go grab one. Okay, Ed, let's knock out the rest uh, for the listeners. Um, we've been doing our best alumni uh, t- tournament, March Madness. As you know, sports are canceled. Sports are canceled. Yeah, so I'm well aware. It is it is kind of nice though because I turned on CBS the other day and they were nice enough to let me know who won the last four NCAA championships because I didn't know that Virginia, Virginia won. I didn't know. Yeah, the last, uh, they made they made it seem like I remember last year they were talking about what a feel good story because the year before they're the first one seed to lose. If you've ever met the students at UVA, it's not a feel good story at all. They're assholes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes, I totally agree with you. And also, don't they do that thing where they like p- play a lot of defense and the games are like 52 to 41? Yes. Uh, and, and you guys are making this up because I'm fairly certain college basketball got canceled like 10 years ago. Uh, no, it's still I, going on. They still have it? Apparently. Well, not now. Huh. Uh, 
Who knew? That's my number one sport. Well, speaking oh, of that, are man. we? Come on, man. So, Ed, we're on the. I don't. Uh, we're on the Sweet Sixteen. So we're, in the, we're in the Sweet Sixteen. First matchup is going to be as if they played in real life. Hold on, let's let's play it in with the song. I feel like we haven't been playing enough of our our drops here. Let's let's play it in with the song real quick. Who's that loud cover? It's the loud. It's the loud cover song. Okay, Ed, where are we at in the Sweet so, 16? So we've got Kansas, which is Paul Rudd, Don Johnson, and Will Chamberlain going against a team that just kept finding sweet matchups. East Tennessee State, you got Kenny Chesney and Timothy Busfield. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, a, that's a bloodshed. Right I mean... There. Poindexter, Revenge of the Nerds. Like, Buzzfield's oh, made a nice versus run. Versus, oh, it's, wait, yeah, they're going up against Kansas. Yeah, I guess we yeah. got we to gotta give and it to Don Kansas. Johnson? Yeah, oh. yeah, Don Johnson got that big old hog. So um, I, I, I needed to know the rules here a little bit. Are we advancing so, the guys we hate more or like no, no, more? No, like, no like, the like, people like. we like more. And then you could have, I mean, lots of schools have good, but then they have some real turds. Um, that can bring it down. Right. So like uh, Wisconsin had some good ones, but it had like Charles Lindbergh and some uh, piece of shit, like Dick Cheney. There are some like oh, there are some Dick people Cheney, that can that can bring you down. Yeah. So it goes both ways. Okay. Okay. What's the next one? So Illinois, Michigan. Now Illinois got a lot. Roger Ebert, YouTube founder, Steve Chen. Hugh Hefner, Red Grange, Nick Offerman, Dick Butkus, Larry Ellison, Shel Silverstein, Sue Zorman, Ang Lee, James Holtzauer, Alan Ruck, Cameron Fry, uh, Donna Mills, Jack Welsh. I don't. Going, I, I'm not sure how Illinois gotten this far because I really do. There was practically nobody I liked on that list. Go on. Come on, everybody <laughs> loves Cameron Fry. He's okay. Um, Madonna, Tom Brady, Lucy Liu, Gerald Ford, Michael Phelps, David Allen Greer. Uh, Iggy Pop, Jack Kevorkian, and 1893 Chicago World's Fair serial killer H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> what school was that? It's got to be Michigan, right? Yeah, Michigan, Michigan yeah. Iggy Pop. Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Another school that I'm surprised has made it this. Oh, it did. It, it's got, uh, I forgot. It's uh, Boston University. Mm-hmm. They've got some good ones. Boston University, Gina Davis, Howard Stern, Julianne Moore, Jason Alexander, Faye Dunaway. Emily Deschanel, Alfred Woodard, Olympia Dukakis, Michael Chiklis, Marissa Tomei, Micah Ruzioni, Joan Baez, Jeffrey Ross, Andy Cohen, Mariel Hemingway, Rosie O'Donnell, Craig Bierko, Michaela Watkins, Paul Rubens, uh, AOC, Martin Luther King got his PhD there, Jack Eichel, uh, the rapper Psy, Robert Chambers, the preppy killer, and Bill O'Reilly. <clears throat> I mean, again, Psy, I'm obviously Psy. I love Psy, and I feel like Mike Ruzioni, he's gotten, he's like in the Rudy category that he's just yes, gotten. A, just gonna say, Rudy, it's, third. it's like, he's, he's hockey Rudy. It's like, okay, dude, we get it. You won the, you won one game against the right. We get it. Okay. It's happened. It was cool. It was a long ass time ago. We're still talking about it. How about you do a second thing? <laughs> I don't see a second act. He's had he's had forty years to come up with a new 
rap. He, he's not going to do it. Um, why? Why did he get to be the guy too? Jim Craig was the reason they won that right. That right. medal. He scored the goal, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And also, that was the silver medal game. They don't talk about when we beat the Finns or the Swedes. Finns. It was the Finns. It was the Finns. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, I think so. I think it might have been the Swedes. Yeah, no, no, no difference. <laughs> I think it was the Swedes. It's there's oh, there's Swedes. three long skinny ones at the top there, and In no Norway. one knows. Yeah, no one knows which is which. There's just those three and, long ones. And Denmark is the nub looking up at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, That's exactly. right. Mm-hmm. A little mitten. The thumb. Um, versus Bradley, which is Charlie Steiner, Hersey Hawkins, and Kirby Puckett. Uh, what was the first one? Boston U. Boston U. Yeah. Boston U. Even though they've got Bill right. O'Reilly and Michael Rizzioni, it's still a pretty powerful group. Kirby Puckett's status as a fathlete has has well. given Bradley a nice run. He had that big fat ass. He was five three. He he could rake. He would make diving plays. His mistress sex toys for Christmas. Right, that's right. He is. Turns out he wasn't a real great guy, and also R.I.P. Uh, so yeah, I think I think Boston moves on. Um, All right, now you got Maryland versus Florida State. Uh, Maryland's got Google founder Sergey Brin, Jim Henson, Larry David, Kevin Plank, Connie Chung, Goldie Hawn, David Simon, Gail King, Diane Wiest, Carl Bernstein, Stefan Diggs, Len Bias, Robin Quivers, Tim Kirkjian, Eric Swalwell, and uh, that's it. And Florida State, we know they've got Burt Reynolds and Lee Corso. Who else? Richard Simmons, the founder of Spanx, Cheryl Hines, Deion Sanders, the great Paul Gleason, Faye Dunaway, Hunter S. Thompson, Robert Urich, Scott Stapp. As much as I would like to annoy you by bouncing Maryland out of the tournament. Larry David and David Simon. Yeah, I don't think I don't. And and Goldie Hawn. I don't think the combination of Hunter S. Thompson and. And Burt Reynolds, who was amazing, are enough to take out the Terps. So, so Don't I say the sleep on Richard Simmons's impact. I mean, he was good too. I mean, that guy's had that guy's had a career. He's been around for. He's the subject of a podcast because no one knows where he went exactly. He that's got to count for something. You know that podcast. Uh, I I can't think of too many more entertainment experiences where I question what the hell I just did after I finished. <laughs> well, then I would highly recommend the Did Robert Wagner Throw Natalie Wood into the Ocean Very good. He, de- oh, he definitely did. That, that falls into the same category. Well, the answer there is definitely. <laughs> the only question is if Chris, Christopher Walken helped kick her off. She, well, yes, indeed. RJ... She caught RJ balls deeping the butler. Okay. She went down. She did the. I believe it was his valet. His, his, when they met, it was Maida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think Freeway was involved. <laughs> Poor Freeway had to see some stuff. Yeah, I bet. Uh, okay. What else? Uh, Ed, all right. Matt. So now we've got, we've got Winthrop, which has been riding Andy McDowell all the way to the Sweet 16. Low key, babe. Yeah. Versus Auburn. Charles Barkley, Bo Jackson, Tim Cook, Octavia Spencer, Lionel Richie, Frank Thomas, Jimmy Buffett, Tony <laughs> Tennille, or Captain and Tennille, and Victoria Jackson. I I gotta say, yeah. I think the run continues because Jimmy Buffett is the worst thing ever. Yeah, and it's Auburn, you know, it's the, where is Winthrop? Is that in Tennessee? 
think it's North Carolina. North, I think North, we looked it up. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I got I got no love for anybody in the uh, other than Bo Jackson. Right. Uh, okay. Winthrop. Uh, Winthrop we've Musa. got North Texas. Uh, Dr. Phil. That's the diploma mill versus USC. So you got North Texas, Nora Jones, Pat Boone, Don Henley, Dr. Phil, Mean Joe Green, Larry McMurtry, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Peter Weller, Meatloaf, Thomas Hayden Church, Roy (laughs) Orbison, Joe Don Baker. So, Um, Trav loves loves Larry McMurtry. I love Dr. Phil. And somebody in my, a friend of mine pointed out in my, in a DM. Meatloaf. Yeah, Milo sucks. We were talking about Thomas Hayden Church. A friend of mine pointed out that Thomas Hayden Church was also in Tombstone, which we neglected to mention here. So North Texas with a strong showing. Yeah. USC is pretty impressive, though. George Lucas, Will Ferrell, John Ritter, Neil Armstrong, Forrest Whitaker, John Wayne, Robert Zemeckis, Judd Apatow, LeVar Burton, Ron Howard, Frank Gehry. Kira Sedgwick, Daryl Hannah, Timothy Oliphant, Eric Stoltz, Shinzo Abe, America Ferreira, Tom Selleck, Sybil Shepard, John Singleton, Brian Singer, John Car- Carpenter, Dr. Drew. Um, that's, an, that's an easy one, right? I mean, I'll just to make it interesting, I'm, I'm still with North Texas here. The, the juice went to USC, plus every fucking douche on the freeway. <laughs> Well, you you mentioned the juice. It's not it's not a great look. John Wayne is a decidedly horrible look. In John Wayne was the worst actor of all time. Horrible. Well, that too. But there's a lot there's a lot of wins on that column though but too. Timothy Oliphant, a delight. He's great. Judd Thomas Apatow. Like fucking Thomas Magnum. Look, look. If all you if you're like me, bonds. if you're like me, and you have to drive around and see the license plate tr- frames with the with the fight on, ooh, fight on, let's fight on for old SC and and Trojan up and all that bullshit, they're the biggest fucking douches in the world. Fuck USC. Hey, if they got a win, it's because you guys like them. I'm not gonna be a party to yeah, it. Travis, what do you say? I vote for the Trojans. Yeah. Yeah, I vote for the Trojans. Yeah, well, yeah. you guys are wrong. <laughs> uh, Colorado versus Oregon. Colorado is. Ray Carruth. Uh, Ray Carruth, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Parker, uh, Matt Stone, Christopher Maloney, and Robert Redford, and Ray Carruth. It's pretty good. The South Park guys are good. I love I love those guys. It's uh, and who went to Oregon? Howard Hessman. Film Knight, Chuck Palahniuk, Lindsey Wagner, David Ogden Steers, Howard Hessman, Ben Hogan, Stephen J. Cannell, Ty Burrell, Dan Fast. Um, Cannell was a big part of my childhood. Yeah, and Lindsey Wagner could get it. The six million dollar woman. Come on. That's a t- this is a tough matchup. That said. You got to go the other way, though. You got to keep in mind that Oregon. Oh, my gosh. I forgot the guy's name I was going to say. Oregon. I'm trying to think. If they have Ahmad, no, I, I just remembered who it is. Ahmad Rashad went to Oregon, so they lose. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What's uh, Ahmad Rashad's Ahmad like? Rashad. Bobby. Bobby. Bobby something. Yeah. Bobby Moore. Bobby Moore. I'm with, I'm with Trav. Trav's an yeah. Oregon fan. I'm, I'm going oh, yeah. Colorado here. Yeah, it, I forget who said it, but when they were talking about Ahmad Rashad's uh, interviewing skills, 
is going up to an athlete after the game and saying some game. (laughs) Well, this this is an actual quote. He, after Michael Jordan won one of his championship games, you know, he and Jordan obviously were close. Jordan comes over and he's doing one. There was no question. There was no lead up. Jordan walks into the shot. Mondrashad holds the microphone and says, pure grit. Yeah, he's out. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Worst guy. Worst. <laughs> that's not a. That's not. It's just a a, a glancing observation and nothing no. more. Why were we? Why were we? Uh, thankfully, no one's had to encounter Bobby Moore in quite a while. But why were we subjected to so much of him for so long? Like he was on the NBA today and then he had like his own show, like an interview show. Yeah, it was so yeah, much like a mod. Saturday morning cartoons. He had his own thing. Yes. What was that called? Was it called? With, with Summer Sanders. Uh, yes. Inside. It, it wasn't NBA jams, was it? Inside Some, stuff. Inside stuff. Oh, that's it. it was inside stuff. That's right. Summer Sanders I, I, could I get it. I assume it all had to do with Jordan. Yeah, oh, for sure. His buddy. Ninety like, percent. I'll get you Jordan if you give me nine hours a week on TV. Exactly. I remember. I remember. I think it was like on Thanksgiving or something. Like at halftime of a Thanksgiving game, he proposed to Felicia yeah. Ayers Allen yeah. at the time on TV. Yeah. What a dude! How he rolls. Divorce now, and he just lost. Yep. Oregon loses, right? Yep. Colorado moves on. So the last matchup of the Sweet 16: Hofstra versus San Diego State. Hofstra, Coppola, Christopher Walken, Robert Davi, James Kahn, Katie Nolan, Carol Alt, Madeline Kahn, Chris Albrecht, and Bernie Madoff. Um, I really hate Katie Nolan. I'm just putting it out there. I don't find her funny at all. Uh, San Diego State, Raquel Welsh, Marion Ross, Gregory Peck, Marshall Falk, Cleavon Little, Julie Kavner, Fred Dreyer. Kirk Morrison. Don't don't sleep on Raquel Welch back in the day. I mean, that was a high-level woman. Uh, I, I like San Diego State here. And Bernie Madoff. I mean, he's got to yeah. drag yeah. you down. Yep. They made it far. Yep. That's so, the right decision. Yep. All right, so... Elite Eight. Wait a second. What do we? Yeah, Elite Eight. We've got Kansas versus Michigan. Um, I'd say Kansas at this point. Michigan, Travis. Deciding vote. Michigan. Michigan moves on. Michigan's in the final four. All right. You got Boston U versus the Terps. Oh, it's BU. Got to be. Hang on, Bill O'Reilly. Get out. There's nobody of Bill O'Reilly's caliber in, in the Maryland list. Travis deciding vote. BU versus Maryland. 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 Larry David Bill, moves Bill, on. Bill, Ed's right. Bill Bill O'Reilly is just, we're done here. Let's move on. I agree. And there's somebody uh, else that's you, really you, disgusting you can, there. Yeah. You can overcome OJ Simpson easier than you can Bill O'Reilly. I, I agree with you. He is, he is complete garbage. Uh, Winth, uh, wait, yeah. Winthrop and Andy McDowell versus USC. Um, f- I'm not fuck USC Winthrop Andy McDowell. <laughs> I don't care. SC, SC. license plate USC. frames. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got Colorado versus San Diego State. The Buffaloes. Um, Although, I mean that's a pretty solid list. Who, did, we we talked about last podcast watching Marshall Falk in high school. He was incredible. Was, he was so good. 
Um, who else? Raquel Welch, Marshall Falk. Who else went to state? Rayvon Little, Mark Grace, Gregory Peck, Mrs. Cunningham, Marion Ross. Um, Trav loves Marion Ross. At versus who? Who we who, who, who we playing versus them? The South Park guys and Robert Redford. That's a tough one. Oh. I'm gonna go San Diego State. Travis. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, San okay. Diego State. Okay. All right, so now you got San Diego State versus USC. I'll take San Diego State here. State moves on. Fuck the, the Trojans. Finals. Yep. Michigan versus Maryland. You know where I'm going. So. I like I like Michigan here. Travis Rogers. Give me give me the uh, Maryland list again. I got I remember the Michigan one. Give Larry David, Goldie Hawn. Sir, uh, the Google founder, Jim Henson, Larry Douche. David, Kevin Plank. Uh, Connie Chung, Goldie Hawn, David Simon, Gail King, Diane Weiss, Carl Bernstein, Woodward and Bernstein. Come on. Ooh, Gail King. Oh, David, David, the wire puts him over the hey, top. Hey, look at me. I'm so, Oprah's yeah. best friend. Look at me. Give me give me six million dollars to be on TV because I know Oprah. OK, yeah. Yeah. Let oh, that move on. Fine. Good gig. If you right. can get it. Yep. So the final is Maryland versus San Diego State. Terps. Come on. State. Say what we Terps. I like I state. Oh, Travis, the deciding vote. Maryland wins the fucking tournament. Un- uh, we always know. And Ed Daly. You get Ed Daly. That's something. Yeah, that is true. I mean, that's a big win. It's not nothing. It's a big, it's a big win for everybody. Uh, okay, right. guys. We So we're talking. The reason we're here. We're talking about Caddyshack. Hold on. Got the song. Where are we at on, where are we at on Kenny Loggins? I was, that was one of my first comments. Well, I mean, look, it, we can argue whether or not his music is good or not. That's a whole nother conversation. But the the soundtracks that he's on Pretty are good. iconic movies. You, good. you identify his voice right away, his style. It's a pretty good, it's a good brand. It's a good lane that he occupies. He, I'm, I'm a fan of, of uh, what is it, Danny's song? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. What about Christopher Robin? Soundtrack music, just soundtrack music was bad, but it was very much, I mean, Caddyshack, Top Gun, Footloose, he was uh, of he a was time. guy. Of a time. Yeah. I will say this about old K-Log. My dude is unrecognizable these days. Really? Due, yes, due to face stitching. Like, he's had, like, uh-huh. every kind of chisel and hammer and wrench and pliers and things have been oh, oh my god and i just pulled, pulled him up. you way worse than kenny rogers he doesn't even what happened he doesn't he even, looks like part raptor now you, he doesn't even look like human you can't you can't even tell it's kenny loggins like you're like who is that guy and you're like he's like i'm kenny loggins and you're like no you're not <laughs> it, it's like a half melted bad wax doll of kenny loggins yeah. oh it's really it's, bad it's about his ears. The eyebrows. The yeah. eyebrows are really weird. Yeah, it's the whole, the eyes. Uh, okay, so we're talking about Caddyshack, 1980. It's, of course, it's iconic. It doesn't really need to be explained. Um, it's got, everybody's there. Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Rodney Dangerfield, Ted Knight, uh, Michael O'Keefe. Just, it's, it's, everybody knows the movie. It made... On a budget of six million dollars, went on to gross at the box office nearly forty million dollars, and who? Uh, it's untold amounts of money since then, as it is 
in the lexicon of just one of the greatest comedies of all time. It's it's about uh, caddies. It's about, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a it's about a country club. That's kind of let's be honest, like I don't I I'm not sure where they shot it, but it was kind of like a dog shit country club, right? I think it was <laughs> they shot it at some golf course. I want to say in Nebraska. Oh, really? And no. it looks and it looks awful. Like the actual golf course that they use, I believe, was in Nebraska. And it looks like the worst golf course you're going to find. It's, yeah, it looked like some rough fairways. Yeah. <laughs> the dues, it was a low do golf course for sure, because the members were not taking care of the staff or the grounds, clearly. Definitely. And the, you could tell that they wouldn't let them shoot on the greens. They wouldn't let them set up on the greens because when they were supposed to be putting, they were clearly in like shitty fairway areas. (laughs) Although I was, I rewatched this last night and, um, they Chevy bangs in one, like 15 footer. That's he really made. Like there's a couple long putts that these guys knock in that I, I imagine would have taken a few shots. Danny makes a long one. Uh, a, a lot of long putts happening. Um, a lot going on. First of all, Danny, let's talk about Danny. He, so <laughs> yeah. the first note I took about the overall thing when I watched it, I have a lot of criticism for this movie. However, I did still enjoy it when I watched it last night Same. and this morning. Yeah, it's good. Like, it's a funny, good movie, but there's a lot wrong. First of all, that Noonan family scene, they must have cut like 30 minutes about the Noonan family because they do so much <laughs> to establish the family and they never see him again. Yeah. It's so weird. It, well, who were all those people? There's a lot like, of people. I, I, understand, I understand his dad. I understand his mom downstairs who's yelling at the dad like they do. And then, but upstairs, there's another older woman that's very different than this older woman. There's two same-aged adult women in the house, one dad and like 13 kids what what's going on like who, I, who are these read, people yeah i read years ago like when it was the 25th anniversary whatever it was i remember them saying the noonan family was supposed to be like the murray family because brian doyle wrote it right he was yeah. oh yeah. i think it was supposed to be this huge irish catholic family and you okay. had but you had like he's sits down to breakfast. He sits down and pours his cereal and he does that thing that I d- cannot happen anymore where he scoops, there's the bowl of sugar on the table where he, <laughs> he, he pours his Cheerios and then he dumps like eight spoonfuls of sugar and his dad's like, who's this? And they're like, that's your nephew. It's so it's like, it's like extended family all living in the same house. Right. Yeah. And, and none of it was funny. Like no. the Noonan family, you're like, let's get to the movie because there was nothing funny about any of the the, the chaos in that morning. No, and it how was co- irrelevant to the movie too? Like yeah. Ed said, it just it, it's very odd that they took the time to have the dad be a you know guy that didn't know what was going on, have all these kids in the house, have two women, and yet never go back. All right, um, yeah, and also, how come it's a big house? How come Danny has to leave via the fire escape? And also, why do they have a fire escape? (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing for you. I I think they just made it sound like Danny had to get the hell out of there. Maybe. I don't know, because he jumps on that little 10 speed. He just he needed to get the hell away from the Noonans. Yeah, it was weird. All of that has. I have to think they added all that because they thought this would be a funny moment. 
And it was just not funny. There was nothing funny about the Noonan family, including Danny. He he's a plot driver, but he's not funny. Oh yeah, he's he's. Uh, we'll get to this later, but he's he's in my bottom five. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we get. It is good because once we get out of Danny's house, we get to the golf course, and this is where things really get good because there we meet judge smales he's hanging out with dr beeper uh the bishop is there like all the guys all the guys that you want to see including the clubhouse attendant slash shoe polisher slash masseuse <laughs> slash bookie. He's also seems to spend some time in the pro shop. Like, yeah, he's a ubiquitous porterhouse. What, was, what, what, what exactly was porterhouse's job? And also, was he good at it? <laughs> well, certainly he, he knew how to be destructive in that job, but, uh, spoiler alert, he appears in my top five. Look, Look I like porterhouse. Porterhouse gets abused by Judge Smales. We know that when he wants that wax buildup stripped off of those shoes. Yeah. But I, I just don't. If you're doing ten different things, and you're not really doing anything well. I don't think. I think that Porterhouse was one of those guys that made it look like he was hustling, but actually wasn't hustling. He was just kind of like, I'll just stand over here and pretend I'm giving a massage. I'll be over here. I'll book a couple of bets on the side from the staff. I don't think Porterhouse was really getting it done. And I understand Judge Smale's frustration with him. Take yeah, out the racial well, overtones, and I think he's on or something. Guys like that. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Porterhouse Just was you up even by not doing anything. Right. Porterhouse was kind of a hustler because, you know, he's like taking care of the clubhouse. He's making sure the clubs are getting clean and stuff. And then some guys like, hey, I just parked my Audi and smells a spot and I want to get my I want to tee off. But you know what? This I got this shoulder thing. I could really use a massage. And Porterhouse is like hey, 60 bucks. I got you. <laughs> Like he's, he's a hustler. Like he knows how to get things done, yeah, but but he knows how to do that. But what he's there to do, whatever that is, is getting neglected. I, I'm going to need yeah. Porter house to focus on a single task. Right. That That's true. Well, that's, that's, that's ma management's issue. I would say, uh, cause it <laughs> there, and there was a, a course manager that does show up a couple times, but he's definitely not running a tight ship. And, and we learned that when we're introduced to the caddy caddies specifically, Denunzio. What? Yeah, I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of things I got to know about him. So a couple things like this is supposed to be a high end uh, members members only golf club, the kind that I would very much like to belong to at some point. And this guy, this Denunzio, he's a caddy. These, you know, these these badass golf courses, they got a guy that he'll loop for you. He'll take your bags around for you. He'll tell you yardages. He'll clean your clubs. He'll give you the right club. And yet Denunzio is able to do this job while never not smoking a cigarette. Right. He, never wearing sleeves. He, for some reason, has no sleeves. And when he's not golfing, he wears a golf glove, and when he is golfing, 
He wears two <laughs> golf gloves. <laughs> and doesn't he play golf in like slack? Yeah, he's like he, he's got like those those pants you see on Dancing with the Stars that tuck yeah. in under your ankles. Yeah, and he's using there. Yeah, no, he's, I don't I don't like that. He's got like Saturday Night Fever. He's got a blouse. He's got like a pirate blouse <laughs> unbuttoned down to the navel, tucked into yeah. like flares. And that's he's just he's just walking the course in that gear. What's what do you what do you guys think was up with Denunzio? <laughs> Trav, I, I feel like you have thoughts. Well, I, I feel like you know you, you know the scenes when he's out there with his cousins or his sisters or however they're being described. I yeah. think that those were his own children. I think oh, those were the children wow. that he was bringing there and disguising because I think I think Denunzio got started early. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I think, yeah. I think that he was a very um, voracious young man, and I think that he got taken care of, and now all of a sudden he's working as a caddy. Like that's his occupation. That's not something he's doing in the summer, like Danny. I think Denunzio works there. That's his that's his job, and he feels threatened by Danny, who's a part time aspiring college student. So he's very very uncomfortable. That's that's why they have that rivalry. And I, I need to know exactly how old he was, because if you told me he was 18, I might buy it. And if you told me he was 38, I'd buy it. Yeah. yeah. He's he, but he definitely was one of those advanced kids. Yes. The kid who had the older brother that told him all kinds of shit. And then he unloaded it on you. Exactly. Well, I remember when I was in like fourth grade, there was a kid who just breezed through town for like six months. And then he was gone and we went on a class trip and on the bus ride to New York city, he's telling us all kinds of crazy shit. Like you're in fourth grade and he's like, all right guys, let me tell you about anal sex. And you'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so wherever you are, Billy Warbuck, thanks for teaching me the roots of the, uh, the, the, uh, the ropes. <laughs> telling you what's really going on out there. Uh, and Denun- I didn't even know the guy. he's like, let me, let me tell you a few things about sex. Denunzio. <laughs> and this, this happened a lot in the eighties. Denunzio was a bully, but also he was like five, two and a half, yeah, 118 pounds. And he's bullying Danny. And then he and Danny's getting a bit of a tussle. And then Lou comes over and breaks it up. And then Lou yells at Denunzio's brother. And Denunzio's brother gets in trouble. And Denunzio's brother was not in the fight. Did you guys notice that? Did that guy strike you guys as odd at all? Is it because he knocked over the, or he was near the, he was near the gumball machine? The gumball machine. Yeah. Well, first of all, his name is Adrian. I'd like you to use oh, sorry. his name sorry. with respect. Adrian, whose blood is that? Um, but yeah, no, because it, it, it was, but he was the one that started the fight, right? Because he jumped off the roof onto Noonan's back. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. But Lou didn't witness that. That part no but he look Lou's Lou's not running the caddyshack because he's an idiot yeah Lou's plugged into what's going on he knows what the denunzio kin are up to what do you speaking of Lou what's he's not running a very tight ship he reminds me of the guy in at my high school that that ran the like equipment room <laughs> that, you know, yeah. yeah. Like he, you had to turn in your football Jersey after every game so they could walk, like they washed it and handed it back out. And you would have to like do favors for him to get stuff. And I was always like, dude, you're 40. Like what? Like, why are you working at this? You're not a teacher. 
you're working at a high school. This is this is like a kid's job. And the same for Lou. Like he's running the Caddyshack and he's playing horses. He gets to set the price of a Coke. Look, I, I, first of all, I think this is uh, this is one of the things of these mo- the movie that like Ed was saying, the movie's still really funny and very enjoyable in parts, but it's terribly dated in, in, in a variety of different ways. But I, I think we have to go back and try to remember what it was like in the late 70s where a, a loser like Lou could make a living right. running a caddy right. <laughs> That Now it's a kid who does it two hours after school on Wednesdays. This was a job that people had back in the day. So I was I was a caddy at a country club for a year and um, there was a Lou type guy there. And you're not really sure what was going on with him. Yeah. And there was a very low barrier to entry. Like, I remember my first couple loops, guys would be like, how many yards do you think that is? And what club? I'd be like, fuck if I know. Like, I think that's about, I think that's about 250. It's like, well, there's only 218 from the tee. What are you talking about? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> don't, don't they give you a book? They didn't give me anything because I was working for a Lou. Oh, right. <laughs> and, and Lou, look, Lou, Lou is not getting paid a real great wage no. from the members. So if he's got to charge an extra couple of cents on a can of Coke, he's going to do it. Lou, Lou is not smart. Lou is not educated, but Lou is not stupid either. Lou knows how to survive in a Caddyshack. And that's what he was doing. Yes. Yeah, he's 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 kind of like a porterhouse, and that's why they kind of run together because they're both kind of just like working the system as best they can, which uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay, so the the two main protagonist antagonists of the movie, I would say, are Judge Smales, played by the amazing Ted Knight, which reminds me, this movie came out in 1980. Right. Ted Knight, he was a star. He was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. He was a known guy. He was uh, just, he had that great voice. 1980, Ted Knight play, acts in this movie. We need to know. We, we, we should take some guesses <laughs> as to how fucking old is this guy? Ted Knight, Tadia, I can't even say his real name. Tadia's Vladislaw Konopka. Wow. 1980. Could go a lot of different directions. Ted Knight, how fucking old is this guy? Well, I would guess both he and Al. Cervic. Are both in the same ballpark of age? Well, one is a very good-looking version of that. I'd say they're both around sixty-seven. Sixty. But, like, but he's a good-looking sixty-seven, and Rodney was a not so great-looking sixty-seven. Sixty-seven years old. Yeah. Travis um, Rogers. How old is this fucking guy? Ted Knight, nineteen eighty. Judge Smales had some white hair. 
Yeah, I think he's. I, I think you're on to something. I think he's one of those guys that went prematurely gray for sure. Yep. And I think again, you you have to go back. Your when you're in the eighth grade, yeah. and it's 1981. Your 45 year old best friend's dad looked like he was 70. It's true. So that's when these things are coming from. I'm going to guess that a lot younger now. I'm going to say 54. Whoa. Pretty good guess. You went a little bit low. Ted Knight, while he looks, I would agree with Ed Daly, he looks 67, 68. There was shit in the water. 67. Yeah. 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 You know, he looks good for 67, but. There was something in the water back then. Dudes were just older. I was watching an episode of Magnum the other day, and I get it. Tom Selleck, he's the fucking ultimate man. But I was watching an episode of Magnum the other day, and I was like, this dude's like 36 years old on this show. But he seemed like he was 45. You know, it's just maybe not the best example. Ted Knight. Born December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day, 1923. He was would have been 57 years old when this movie yeah. came out. Still, though. That's, Guys looked ancient. Yeah, they they looked, looked and and like Ed was saying, like Ted Knight was a good looking guy. Rodney Dangerfield looked like he'd been hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> but those guys, those guys could be the exact same age. Well, there was no, it was just well, such a weird is, time. So how old is Rodney? Rodney's was two years older. So he would have been 59. When this, <laughs> he looks, he looks 30 yeah. years old. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad 59. I mean, he looks like he's in his late seventies, I would say. In this movie, yeah, yeah. You know, one, one back to a point you were making, and I feel like we'll still talk about him. But Denunzio, you were saying how he's like the little bully, and that was that was part of that era. But keep in mind, who was the most famous bully on TV during that era? The Fonz. The Fonz. So I yeah. think that was the blueprint. You just get a loud talking little guy. Yeah, the Fonz. The center part. The Fonz. Was a, a five foot two Jewish guy that that's office was in the shitter of a diner, and <laughs> he, he and couldn't afford his own place. To live. Yeah, he lived yeah. above. Can you imagine after somebody ate one of Arnold's curly fries, chili yeah. fries, and they're going into the Fonz's office and just greasing the can. He he lived above the garage. All his, he was an adult. All his best friends were in high school. And his, his big appeal was that he could forcibly mouth sex girls. He's but not he, a good guy. He, he had lots of twins. There were lots of yeah. twins around him. Yeah, he would get, yeah. Okay. He, but also, you know, but also we're supposed second. to think Hold he was cool. No, he obviously is a creep, yeah. and he's 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 he's, he's, he's what's called grooming yeah. is the terminology. <laughs> but but, but you, we we brought this thing full circle because you go back, you just mentioned the twins that the Fonz used to. There was the um the what the, the, the Tuscanero girls, sisters. Yeah. Go back, go, go leather. Go Google them. They're ugly. They look like they're 60 years old yeah. and they're hideous yeah. and they're playing sex symbols. Yeah. yeah I I think they, everybody looked ancient. Did, did also, didn't the Fonz have a history with Laverne? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He, she was like the, the more racy one of the two yeah. when 
you you have that choice. You're going Shirley Feeney every time. It's not even close. Like Lenny, Lenny had a thing for Laverne, but let's be honest, Lenny was a slow adult. Like he's the kind of guy that would be into a Laverne. Meanwhile, yeah, but he, the, he still was in charge of leading Squiggy, who was a very slow adult. Right, that's true. That's true. But then. <laughs> But then there's you got the Fonz who's supposed to be cool. He's also down with Laverne's deal. I mean, it's just like, how, how are we force fed this as entertainment? Right. The big ragu got it right. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, the big ragu was even smaller than the Fonz, and at least the Fonz wouldn't dance at you. Yeah, yeah the, the dancing was stuff. Okay, but we. <laughs> We've dig- we've taken way, a digression. Why, why did Lenny and Squiggy live together? Like, were they roommates? Were they brothers? Like, what, just, what was? They're just what was helping their each other get through the day. Well, they, they're just helping each other. They dressed alike. <laughs> they buddied up. They dressed alike, and they they, they, love, they, they love satin jackets. They, they did their hair the same. <laughs> <laughs> they both, yeah. They, there's, it's when you think about it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. They they were trying to get close to the loose women who worked at the beer factory. Right. I, I respect that on some right. level. One of one of whom was Laverne. Like, yeah, it's, just, not, it's not, a bridge too far. Not really feeling Laverne. Okay, back to Bushwood Country Club. Judge Smales is there, I guess, for his regular game. He's hitting up Ty. Ty's apparently a stick at the club, but he's kind of like a zen. Ty's a douche. Ty's a, he's a douche. He's, he's a trust fund kid. He, he wears a newsboy cap to golf. You know, he's got no direction in life. He's basically everything I've always aspired to be from the fucking first moment I could, had a memory. I would I wanted to be this guy. Uh, but Smales is there. He's there to play his regular game. And then this guy, Al Cervic, it's like a member guest situation. Al Cervic shows up and he's kind of a prick. Like, <laughs> was Smales within his rights to want Al Cervic, who comes in, he starts talking shit. He's yelling at guys when they're teeing off. Like, what's they should have kicked him out of there, right? The movie should have ended in yeah. the first 10 minutes. No way he gets past the voting, but doesn't he like pretty much say, I can just buy everything here? Yeah, he's yeah, because they at some point they show he's like building condos next door to the course. And keep well, in mind, keep in mind, we as Travis pointed out at the start of the show, that country club looked like it was in bad need of some funds. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they need an injection. Well, all right. Yeah. But I, I think you bring up an important point, Brian, because the movie is clearly devised to make you think that Judge Smales is the bad guy. I argue that he's been getting the raw end of this deal from totally. the very beginning of the movie. Totally. He, he's, he, he's asking his employees to perform a service, which they are not doing to his satisfaction. <laughs> yes. That's okay. He is the one that joined this club and paid these dues. They should have to follow the rules that the membership has set up. And Al and his cronies coming in there and being loud and obnoxious is not is not Judge Smale's problem. He's an educated man who worked hard, who elevated himself to the bench, joined the local country club. And now these people are coming in and ruining yeah. it for him. Yeah, and they're not members. They're not even members there. And, and Al is a guest of, I can't remember the guy's name who he's a guest of, but then Al, he brings Wang with him. And, and what, he's, he's, a, he's a guest of the Scots, or, just, the Scots, if you're curious. Right, the Scots. And what's, what's, what's the Al Cervic Wang relationship? What's this happening is, there? Is, I think the 80s gave us a steady dose 
of Japanese investors. <laughs> right. Well, he just said he just got back from China. They got they got real estate on the side of the wall on the good side. <laughs> 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 they give him a backstory. We know why Wang's there. They're doing a deal together. Maybe my all-time favorite line is when they're, when they're walking into the pro shop and Al Cervik's like, I hear this place is restricted. Wang, don't tell anybody you're Jewish. <laughs> oh, really yeah. funny. Yeah, Cervic is kind of an asshole, right? Like he's yeah, kind of. Yeah. He's all full blown asshole. <laughs> he and he, he, yeah. No, he's just he, this. This thing. It's it. This is a golf course for a reason. Al Chervik wants to go do whatever it is Al Chervik does, then go do it. But keep it away from my private sanctuary. Yeah. This is like a club that says, you know, these are the rules. You can decide whether you want to join or not. Al's there ruining it for everybody. He sucks. He so, should. He should have been dragged off the property immediately after showing up. He, he sucks. He's a bad golfer. He has. Tons of illegal equipment, but I, he likes to have a good time, which I can appreciate. When I go out on the course, right. I just like to play for fun. I don't know about you guys. I'm out there to play for yeah, fun, have a good time. Like, I mean, better to play bad than or play well than play badly, yeah, yeah. but it's, uh, it's still fun. Have fun. But if you yeah. if they came out with a putter with a f- telescope attached to it that helped you line up your <laughs> shot, like I would, I would probably want to have that. That's a, that's a pretty cool thing to have. But actually, like. Most of the guys, other than Ty, right, are pretty bad golfers. Like, like Smales is no, he's, he's, I feel like Smales has good and bad days. He plays a lot. He's got an office at the course. He's got rage issues. That's his biggest. Right. That's, and that's a problem for a golfer. He gets in his own head a lot, which is an issue, but he makes a big putt down the stretch. Uh, and now we know Dr. Beeper, he's three-time club champ. Yep. Right. My, my guy can play the uh, the other guy that's there, and this is kind of weird, is the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if we're going over and just trying to decide who the best player is, I have another candidate for this. You know who might have been the best player on this thing that was not Ty Webb was Denunzio. When yeah. he played in the caddy tournament, yeah. he had some club head speed. He had a little flair. He had a little style. And it. remember, he pushed Danny right down to the end. And Danny was clearly a ringer because Danny knew how to play golf. Yep. Danny had a golf swing. Denunzio had learned how to play just by watching everyone else. So I'm, I'm going to give the nod to Denunzio. Yeah, Denunzio. Yeah, Denunzio could play when it came down to the last. You know, uh, Danny had to make that last putt to push Denunzio, and we'll get to we'll get to last putts later in the in later in the round because i need some clarification as to how this movie ended um but do is it typical for local clergy to have memberships (laughs) at golf courses and like spend a lot of time with the caddies and if there's one thing we know about local clergy is they were taking lots of they were taking advantage of lots of things yeah, in that era. lots of so, opportunities. So, uh, yeah. Brian, you yeah. you know how much I like to play golf, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you, I mean, you're I, down. I, you've been you haven't played much lately. I, I have some other things going on. Right. I can't play much right now, okay. but but through my life, I've loved to play golf. I've taken golf vacations, doing all all, yeah. all these things, and I love to go play golf courses that you've heard about, you've seen on TV, all of that kind of stuff. That's a really good fun time. Yeah. 
there is a place in LA and I've, I've been very fortunate to play a lot of good golf courses here in LA. I've gotten to play Riviera and Bel Air and Sherwood and all these really fantastic places. The one place that I've always wanted to play is at LA country club, which is very exclusive. They're going to have the U S open coming up in two or three years. I forget what it is, but I've never had, I don't know any members there. The one person that I met that was a member there was a member of the clergy yeah. who, <laughs> who found out that I was a golfer at a party that I was at uh-huh. and invited me to come play with him. And I said, you know what? I'm good. Local clergy. What? <laughs> I'm just going to not go play. Cause I couldn't, I, I just, no, I'm not doing it. With, we don't know each other. This is we're not going out on a date to LA Country Club. I don't feel good. Like, I don't. You weren't 17 at the time. Like we, I was probably 16. Oh, 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 oh I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm good. Thank you very much, <laughs> member of the local clergy. He was very motivated to to have a round with you. Wow, I yeah, I didn't realize. Uh, okay, one one person we haven't discussed yet is the courses um, assistant groundskeeper, Carl Spackler. He's played by Bill Murray. He um, he takes his job. Very seriously, he likes to keep the grounds nice at the course. He grows his own kind of grass. He lives at the course. He kills the gophers. He really, really likes the Tuesday 2.30 tea time when the, when the wives are allowed to play. He hangs out there while Mrs. Smales tees off. There's a lot going on with Carl Spackler. I assume based on his, he likes to dress in uh, military camo. I assume he's, he came back from Nam with some troubles, could have possibly been in prison. What's going on with Carl Spackler? What are your guys' thoughts on him? Um, I, I caddied with a guy like Carl Spackler. I bet you did. You'd see him riding his his, his bike around because the the uh, driver's license was long suspended, um, <laughs> and he's kind of he's kind. There are just people like that, whether it's from Nam or just a bad hit of acid, but they're just never quite there, and they kind of tackle their job the way he does. Um, yeah, I, I think he's probably he's probably like a lot of people working the grounds of places. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. He, he he he's seen some things, done some things that he wish he hadn't, and he just needs to he needs to get through his day, much like Lenny and Squiggy. But he's doing it alone with a lawnmower where they hit each other. Right. It's it's it's, it's, time with each other. it's the safest place for Carl. It's just to kind of be out there edging. Yeah, and check in with McFindish once in a while yep. and just, you know, I don't know. Changing, making, making the, putting a new, changing the pin placements. Just. Oh, no, he can't be trusted to do that. Oh, can't, oh no. Because that, that's where really, he can cut the grass, yeah. but he can't do the whole. He, he gets a little that, too that's excited. A get, that, that's asking a lot. He gets a little too excited. Um, Dan, so Danny is the, the plot of the movie is that Danny's he's a loser um he's about to graduate high school his grades suck he wants to go to apparently they didn't have junior college back then which is an obvious landing spot for a guy like Danny 
but his dad thinks that it, every day he can bring home his tips and save enough to go to a real college, which he wouldn't be admitted to anyway. And he's so he's trying to get a scholarship. He's trying to, to insinuate himself with these people. Meanwhile, he's got a girlfriend. Maggie, Maggie, she's Irish for some reason. (laughs) Zero reason for it. She's got Maggie O'Hooligan. She's got short hair. Speaking of how fucking old is this guy? She seems. But you know who she is? No. Yes. No. It's a chick from Animal House who's the underage girl. Yeah. They gave her that haircut and I, I assume she's not really Irish. And they give this weird backstory, but she was pretty good. She was both funny and yes. she looked useful in Animal House. When was Animal House? A year before that? Yes. Yeah. Something happened because you're right. She she was really on the money in Animal House, fit the character perfectly, did a good job, was funny, cute, all of those things. And in this, she's haggard and yeah. unpleasant and jealous. She's a terrible character. She, Awful. She got on that National Lampoon Yayo program. And you're right about that, by the way, Ed. Born Sarah Holcomb was born September 11th, 1958 in Weston, Connecticut. Not so she's she's 22 there. Yep. She was 21 in or 20 in Animal House. Yep. Like should it looks like there's 15 years difference between those two movies. Right, it's true. <laughs> the haircut. It's the haircut. Why give her that haircut? And why make her Irish? Why the accent? Yes. What? How many how many employees at a random country club are just Irish? Well, if this is set somewhere in the Midwest, you know that every member of the staff is going to be an immigrant of some kind. That this yeah, is, yeah. These, That's true. these were the jobs available That's to immigrants in country clubs in the 1970s and 80s. That's fair. A, that's a good point. And, and the immigrants, they're here. There's no Latinos. So it's going to be a little bit different. Do you, yeah. Denunzio was the closest to an immigrant in the cat. Right. Do you, an Italian immigrant. Do, His name ended in a vowel. Do you think that these, you know, this is before Me Too. This movie came out in 1980. This is the casting couch was alive and well. You got, you could really make some things happen if you wanted to back then. Do you think that they're like, okay, we got, we got some money to make this script. We got a, uh, Danny's girlfriend. They're, they're like, Hey, why don't we call that hot girl that we cast in animal house a couple years ago? We'll get her. She's perfect for this. Just call her up, tell her agent that she's hired and bring her out here. And then she showed up and they were like, Whoa, what happened to you? <laughs> why? It's like, <laughs> The haircut they're shooting tomorrow. I guess we're going to have to keep her. Yeah, it's like they were, they were just stuck with that. Speaking of that, there's two women, unless you're talking about Mrs. Smales, who, you know, she wanted you to lose for her stretch marks. If you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, there's basic, there's basically two women in the cast. One is, is Maggie and the other one's supposed to be this sex pot. Lacey Underall, and she's she's okay. Like she's pretty hot. She's pretty hot. Yeah, she's. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. St- I think she. I think they got it exactly right. Yeah, but I, she's pretty hot for she's the time. She's put together pretty correctly. But, but she's very 1980s hot. She's yes. she's morally ambiguous. Like she's not the most. Um, she's 
she doesn't really need to give it as away as much as she does. Like, is that, is it an East coast Manhattan thing? Cause she bangs Ty, she bangs Danny. Like she's really out here for the summer doing work. Your guys's thoughts, Lacey Underwall. She's ready to kick off the go, go eighties. Yeah. I think she's really, this is, I mean, if we're going to talk about where they eventually go, um, I have some thoughts of where her freeness goes, what path it leads her to. But I think she's 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 very much of coming out of the dreary end of the seventies, and she's ready to party. Well, it I think Lacey is one of those women you're really trying to run into when you're 15 or 16 yeah, and yeah. you're really glad that you never did by the time you're 19 or 20. I never ran because, into Because like you said, Bright, she's with Ty Webb, who is a trust fund kid with more money that he can just leave checks lying around. And then she's fishing in the Caddyshack. Yeah. Like, there's, some, yeah. there's something yeah. going on in here. Yeah. It wasn't just that she wanted to get a little crazy. She had some sort of compulsion if she had to go to the Caddyshack. So yeah. I, I, I think you're probably better off having missed Lacey along the and way. What's, what was the story? Like, she was – was she a college age? I feel like there was a, there was a big chasm between her age and Ty Webb, she, right? She had to have been a college girl because they were talking about a summer, like a summer break for her. Yeah, but like her, her niece. It's life. Judge Smales' niece home for the summer. Right, but nef- definitely not high school. Yeah, and she would have been away at college. That makes sense. Okay, I get that. Um, what? Oh, who could forget his – uh, Smales has a niece, Lacey, but he also has a nephew or grandson, Spalding. Spalding, yeah, Spalding, sure. Sp- Spalding kind of steals the movie. <laughs> Spalding has to be drug to the course. Like he's like, no, I'm not. I'm playing tennis. Um, he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be playing golf. He just wants to be smoking weed at the yacht club. Right. Never worked a day in his life. <laughs> no, never will. He's, he's, you know, he's probably had to have judge Smales make a couple calls for him <laughs> for sure you know this a lot, it seems like spalding would go to a lot of parties and the girls at the party would get really tired and <laughs> he went he, he went the cosby route yeah yeah and, yeah and well yeah look, I, I don't support that obviously but here's the thing are we really asking a little too much of Spalding if we're expecting anything other than exactly what we got? Because like you said, Brian, this is a guy that never had to work. He's a child of privilege and he doesn't want to go to the country club. So of course, when he gets there, he's going to be in a bad mood. Of course he wants to get high. That's all anybody's ever asked him to do. Spalding's kind of nailing Spalding. He's He's got a good life. He's being the best Spalding he can be. Exactly. Exactly. I'm I'm a hundred to be barfed in that guy's Porsche, which you you know, it's going to happen every once in a while, I guess I'm all right with Spalding. Uh, yeah, he flew a little too close to the sun that night. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and also he's like they're coming. They're at the turn, right? And Maggie's working the snack bar, and they're cruising up to get some food. And Spalding's like thinking about his order. He's like, hey, you know, I want a hamburger. Well, maybe I want a cheeseburger. And Smales is like, 
You'll get nothing and like it. What, what's oh, one of my favorite moments? The rage yes. Ted Knight shows in that scene is amazing. Also, what's <laughs> why are they going to the snack bar if he's not allowed to get any food? Like, just keep playing. Oh, <laughs> uh, and also Maggie's supposed to be manning the snack bar, and what does she do? She runs around the back and to bring to make out with Danny, who's. Give Danny a little snack. Is it? She put some chips on that plate. That that was the one time I actually did like Maggie. Look, I, yeah. I here's here's why this scene is important. I don't know if anybody has seen gone to the halfway house at a golf course since this movie came out and didn't say I'll have a hamburger, I'll have a hot dog, and had somebody else in the group say you'll get nothing in like it. That's that's a that's a, that's a it's pretty good, good it's legacy. Good. Yeah. That Forty years that's later, true. people are still saying that to each other. But Maggie was absolutely Danny's caliber. And it was there should have been no expectation that Danny would ever be in Lacey's orbit. So she does establish that this guy has no business being with Lacey. It it did seem like she was at the um, one o'clock to one fifteen caddy pool party. She did (laughs) seem to be um, conducive, interested in. Denunzio's deal. Do you think Denunzio wasn't able to break away from his wife and four children to be able to go and make it happen with Lacey? Because Danny had to do errands. Right. Danny was a real underdog to to score Lacey. It seems more like Denunzio would have been able to pull that off, right? True. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 Denunzio's family is already working too, so he can go do whatever he wants. He can go there from one. I mean, he's got this whole family on staff yeah, at Bushwood. That's, that's he, pretty much true. Yeah, he's free, he's free to go. Yeah, that's pretty much true. So this the movie comes down to a, a round of golf where big stakes, forty grand is on the line, um, and it's and it's Al Cervic and and Ty Webb, and Ty Webb's a stick. I mean, he shoots in the sixties. Danny keeps score for him. And he's going up against, they're going up against Dr. Beeper and Smales and Beeper's, he's three-time club champion. Now, Ty's probably better than Beeper, right? Because he doesn't actually play in the club championship. He just plays for fun. Yeah, it doesn't really, certainly no pressure felt by him because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and it's but and it seems like the, the, beep, the Beeper and Smales, if Smales is on his game, now we both know, it can get loose for Doctor or for Smales because he's got a temper, but it, it's his honor. It his honor. It seems like that's the better team. I feel like they would have had to give some strokes because Cervic sucks. He's a bad golfer. No, you can't play it straight up. Al Cervic is, if you're a golfer, he is the single worst person you could be behind in a golf course. That he's slow, he's bad, he doesn't give a damn. He, he doesn't taunts you through. He he would ruin it. He's one of those guys that you're behind for three or four holes. You realize it's not going to get any better, and you have a choice to make: Are you going to have a fight with this person, or are you going to leave? Because yeah. those are your only two yeah. options. Yeah. Um, and, and Smales, we know, is a cheater. He plays that foot wedge a lot. He improves his lie. He plays he he plays winter rules in the springtime. Like it's he's he an eye needs to be kept on him. But they they agree to this match. They're playing this match, and Dangerfield's playing like shit. He's just it's not his day. And eventually, he feigns an injury. And is replaced by Danny, who's a bit of a stick. And Danny's got to kiss off his scholarship. Smales is like, you're fucked at Bushwood now. And Danny's like, I don't give a shit. 
I'm playing with my buddy Ty and it's, it comes down to somebody's got to make a putt on 18. And I'm going to need this explained to me because I get that these nerds that write this, write these movies don't understand how to score things, but maybe no, I, it was, it was written by Brian Doyle Murray right. and all they do is play golf. He right. knows. Well, it's cause it's confusing to me, but maybe there's something I miss. They all come up. There's four balls there. And, and Brian Doyle Murray, Lou is like, okay, it all comes down to this, the final hole. And so smales, he bangs in like a 15 footer. Like a, it's a real money putt beeper. He two putts. All right. So that it's somebody's got to make a putt to, to have the hole as they say. Right. So then Ty, he two putts and then they're like, Hey, and then cervix like double, uh, double or nothing. He makes this putt. It's to Danny. Right. So Danny's got to yeah. make a putt, but Danny's got to make a putt to tie in, in negative one strokes. Yes. He's got, it's got, <laughs> the, he's putting to tie, to go to extra holes, to figure out how we're going to figure this thing out. So he's famously, he leaves it on the lip. And I mean, it's like most more in than out at, at that point. And then Carl Spackler explodes the golf course and the ball falls in the hole. And, and we're supposed to believe that Danny and Ty win the match, but they don't win the match. They just tied the match. Is there something that I'm missing here? Do, have I read this wrong all these years? No, I think they would just were ready to wrap up filming. Yeah. I think they probably run out of blow by the time they got to that point. <laughs> and there was true. nothing left to do because I believe me, I, I, I love golf and I love sports and sports movies are, are usually trouble for the reason you just pointed out. Yeah, nerds. You can't get something wrong like that. It has to at least make sense. You, you can't have the big celebration on a tie and make it look like a win. Even if you're just paying attention a little bit, you're going to see it. I, it. It's one of the great flaws in the movie that the actual climax doesn't make any sense at all. And it could have well, you could have had you could have had Lou explain it with one line. Like all you needed was yeah, one they, extra. They done that. Yeah, but at least the one line you get is we're all going to get laid. That's yeah. a pretty good way to. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> the one line. The, the one liners are just incredible. It's just he's so good. Um, what do you guys think happened to these people? Like this. So the the golf the the match ends and everyone goes their separate ways how do you think their lives turned out like i pictured denunzio i feel like he went on to start a successful concrete business like he's got a couple of trucks denunzio's pouring <laughs> didn't you know he's got the pumper like you need a driveway denunzio can get a truck and a pumper out there and get get you a nice driveway for three grand like he's he's doing well for himself he's got a bunch of kids he's got life going on but what about the rest of these guys travis rogers your thoughts how did life turn out for some of the characters in caddyshack well, I think Denunzio is clearly incarcerated. Oh, interesting. I, I don't think that, wow. Yes. Yeah. I wrote, they, I wrote that down myself. <laughs> yeah. He's because I, he's he's a risk taker for sure. He, he's also a bit of a hustler. So he's going to try to do some. He probably took over for Lou at some point and then probably started stealing from the company yeah. and Judge Smales threw him in the slammer. Uh, wow. So I, I, think, I think he branched out even more. The 80s became mm. even more 80s. Cocaine. And. 
Yeah, cocaine. He went to Studio 54 and got involved in the clown powder game. Wow. And, you know, he was one of those guys that just he he thought he was a bigger deal than he was. And he probably got into some bad coke deals. And he went he went to jail for trafficking. What about Judge Smales yeah. probably lived a nice, happy life. Judge yeah, Smales, Smales, look, he had a good no. job of making money. He's no, fine. No, no. Smales and Ty Webb, they're rich white guys. No. It's like there's always been. No, Smales was wound way too tight, and not and and in the life imitates art sort of way. Remember, Ted Knight, he was dead six years later. He died. Yes, too close for comfort. He he didn't make it through the end of that show. Yeah, he kicked off. I feel like Smales is out there. He's it's a member guest. It's just a, a regular round on a Wednesday afternoon, and he's just. He's got a case of the shanks. Everything he just can't hit anything straight. Some shit's going most. It's mostly going right, but then sometimes it goes left, and he's fucking with a swing, and all of a sudden he just he shanks another one off the tee, and he's so fucking pissed off that his heart explodes right there, and he drops dead. They're, you know they. You know what they did? They put one of those little plaques there or a bench. Right. <laughs> the, the judge. The judge smells bench. Yeah, I'm like fourteen. Yeah, yeah, the bench. Yeah. Um, I, I got to say, I I got to think Lazy goes the route of Jenny from Forrest Gump. I was thinking that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could also yeah. I could also see her Just being throwing a, it around a lot. Yeah. I could see her being a trophy wife, though. Like she gets a little long in the tooth, like she lingers around. She she goes from guy to guy. And then eventually, like. Mary's one of Smale's friends that's like 40 years older than her and just waits for him to die. And now she's got a house on the course. Um, yeah, but she's got to get through all of her because she'll have several husbands along the yeah, way. But yeah. because she's the sort of person that fishes in the caddy shack, she's going to keep getting caught right, and keep getting true. run out to new places. So yeah. I, if she gets to that point in her life, perhaps she'll get the house. But I have a feeling something bad's going to happen to her before. Yeah, that. Here's why I disagree with that, because if she just stuck with going after Ty or even went after Al Turvick, then you'd say, all right, she's chasing the money. She went after Danny, a guy that yeah. really has nothing going on. She is going to get AIDS for sure. Oh, wow. Wow. AIDS. Um, speak, speaking of losers, how does Danny's life turn out? Savings and loan scandal. He was a guy. <laughs> He'd never be that. He'd never be that successful. No, no, no. Yeah. He's, there, there were these, these, you know, type types of firms. They relied on the underlings just doing whatever they're told. And he's just begging for a job. He's begging for, for money, for college, you know, uh, uh, ways to get ahead in life without any qualifications. He's exactly the type of guy that gets caught up in some bullshit scheme that he doesn't even know what he's doing. I say savings and loan scandal. He's in jail in 1987. Wow. Interesting. Trav? He'll become a racist because (laughs) life is not going to work out great for Danny. Danny's Danny's not putting in a lot of hard work. Danny's looking for an easy job and Danny's going to start to looking for people to blame. And he's going to do what those sort of guys do. He's going to look for something. Watch Fox News. Right. Well, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that and, and blame people that, you know, come here to work, you know, stuff right. like that. Yeah. I, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's Dan, right. Danny, Daniel, Daniel be an old, angry, upset bigot with a pretty good golf swing. I picture him having like some kind of sales hustle. 
where he's he, like he sells crushed rock or something and he's always hitting denunzio up like hey man what's you, you know when am i gonna get that po when are you gonna when are you gonna place another order and he's like not he's not successful but he's not a loser but he's more of a loser than he is successful and he's just like <laughs> kind of like tr- you know trying to make it go and it never works out for him um what about uh, in the same yeah carl yeah, until he dies, he's just going to be the handyman around the club. Yeah, he's yeah. he's kind of waiting for the Scots Scotsman to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that guy's going to outlive Carl for sure because right. Carl, Carl's life and the day that the golf course blows up is Carl's life a year from then, five years from then, ten years from then, in infinity then until he croaks because Carl can't handle much more than that. Right, right. But he's not like going to go off and get married or anything. He's going to no. be Carl. He's that's what he can do. Yeah, and, and we all agree that Ty that Ty just but Nam never left him. Right. Yeah, that's true. We all agree that Ty just he like continues just doing the same thing forever. Like he's it's forty years later and he's still got the same hat on and he's still playing golf three days a week. Also murdered by a jealous husband potentially could too. Be. Could be. Or I, I, or I feel like Ty could be right. Or don't sleep on syphilis. <laughs> it is the it is the eighties. Could have lost his mind. <laughs> You never know. Okay. Al Capone syndrome. Uh, okay. So it's time to rank them. I need your bottom five characters, the worst five people in this movie. Ed Daly, you can start. Give me your bottom five. Yeah, I'm going to say honorable mention. Um, you know, Bill Murray wasn't fantastic because half his scenes – we're surrounded by like dealing with the gopher, which we didn't even talk about, but yeah, I'm about to bring him up. So it was, you know, Bill Murray is great in everything, but he was least great in this movie uh, versus like most of the famous movies, you know, him from, Mm -hmm. um, I'd say least funny five, number five, Ty Webb. I think, I think Tim Matheson would have been a better rich douche. Um, you could tell when Chevy has those ad libs and like, he really, he's, he was lucky to have some great roles. I don't know how great he is he sucks. as a comedic. He there. sucks. He's, he's very charismatic and he's handsome, but he's not a, he's not a comedian. He's not, he delivers the lines pretty good, but he's not like an outstanding comic actor. No. Um, number four, I just put the Noonan family as a whole because that whole first scene was trash and Danny Noonan sucked. Uh, number three, I've got, I don't even know the name of them. The one who, who said, like, I always wish I was a, uh, I forget what he said. He, just like the tall uh, caddy that really had nothing to do except taunt Danny. I found him to be like one of the background characters. He was terrible. Like all the caddies that weren't Denunzio were terrible. Right. Denunzio's uh, brother. Number two. Yeah. Number two. Tanks for nothing. Maggie. Oh, wow. Because she's just, yeah. she only gets the bump from the last spot because she was in Animal House and was funny. Least funny is the gopher. Yeah. 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 So Ed and I have three, if not four of the same. Right. Um, 
Uh, Maggie is on my bottom five for sure. The Gopher is number one by a mile. Because and, and notice these things like the Gopher is funny if you're a kid, I guess, because it's a mechanical Gopher causing havoc. I, I don't really quite understand. Danny sucks because he's a loser and he's pathetic and he's looking for something for nothing. But then I have the Noonans on there too. The other guy that really like when you watch this movie as a younger person, you're like, okay, this is really funny. It's different. But the, the more you watch is a little older and not the, not the actor, cause the actor is great. But the character itself is Al Chervik. Mm. It, it's just like, it's like, eh, it's just, it's too much. It, but he's it, an it, asshole. Mm. But they let Rodney go, you know, they let Rodney deliver his one line. He's got almost all the funny lines in the movie. I mean, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much with you. I got, I have, um, five tie four Lacey. She just didn't really do much for me. And then Danny, he's a loser, the gopher. And then of course the number one, just worst part of this movie by a, by a hundred miles, Maggie, she just, what is she <laughs> doing there? Like anybody else just out or, or, have that character there because you know she gets knocked up and stuff and I don't know why she's dancing around in her night shirt on the uh, on the 18th green well, can can I stop you right there yeah. quickly Brian that you you brought up that she's dancing on the 18th green you know the set in the scene where uh, Danny is about to sex her yeah oh yeah uh-huh he's yeah. He, he's come straight from the course where, where are they because they're hanging out in front of this barn in the golf course and then they cut to the inside and then they show him lowering the shade and they show denuncio outside the window trying to look in i I think maggie i think maggie lives on site which is troubling so this is a lot of people living in that golf course so this is like indentured servitude it's kind of like it's kind of like those um slaughterhouses in like colorado and stuff where they where they just this is like the hormel plant yeah they just get they get like a bus full of Mexicans and they're like you live here now go to work and it's so it's like similarly that's why the Nepalese guys that are building the World Cup stadium right in uh, right exactly yes interesting yeah I think you might be right okay top five Ed Daly who who are the five standouts in your mind from the movie 1980 Caddyshack Maybe it's just because the scenes he appears in. Number five, I've got Porterhouse. When he goes, colored boy. Yeah, I just, yeah. no, it's I, funny. It's, uh, number four, Dr. Beeper. I like the snake a tube down her throat and I'll be there in a few hours. <laughs> yeah. pretty good line. It's really good. Yeah. Number three, I don't know why because it's, it's real dumb and doesn't really make sense. The random synchronized swimming crew that broke out. It's great. <laughs> the caddy. Yeah. I don't know why I love it's it, great. but I love it. Yeah. Number two, I understand what Travis is saying. He's a complete asshole. Al Cervic, um, because he just kills it. When he says, want to make $14 the hard way to smells his wife. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much the greatest line in movie history. Um, and number one, for me, it's easy. Judge smells the, the, the rage, the, I owe you yes. nothing. Yep. You'll get nothing and like it, you know. Um, Spalding, get your foot off the boat. It's easy to grin when your shit comes in. That whole so poem. good. And his laugh. Oh, oh, oh. He's he's amazing. He's great. Oh, Billy Baru. So I, I <laughs> Billy, 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 Billy. <laughs> My number one. Yes. I, I agree with Ed that the judge is in the pole position. He, yep. there, there's nothing else like him. Um, the other ones that I have is I, I thought I think Lou is priceless. 
that that because Lou kind of understands that this is his lot in life. I, I just love Lou's entire approach to the kid, to the the members, to his employees. He just this is what he's got to do. And his just complete acceptance of his miserable life is pretty great. I like that. I love Denunzio. Denunzio is another one of those guys that, and, and he's funny because he's not trying to be funny. He's trying to be that that guy that ruins it for everybody else. I love Denunzio's attitude. I love the cigarettes. He's the bartender. He's the caddy. He's all the other things. He shows up in a speedo at the pool day. There's a lot to like about Denunzio. Um, the bishop, and, and I know he's just kind of in that one scene where he's out playing in the rain, he gets struck by lightning. But there's there's the very short scene after that where he's in the club, hammered at the yep, bar, yep. that just kind of steals the movie for me. And he has the line for me, Ed, at least. The, the, the line of the movie is when when Judge Smell says to him, "For God's sakes, pull yourself together. You're a bishop," and he just takes a big pull off his drink and goes. There is no God. I know. Yes, I love that. There is no God. <laughs> that is amazing. That's just that is amazing. an incredible scene for me. So the bishop gets an eye, and I like Spalding. Spalding's kind of goofy and, and gross and everything else, but I just like that he gives zero fucks and just kind of rolls through the entire movie. Um, I like Lou and Porterhouse is kind of like the yin and yang of the course, like the guys that the the men behind the men that are really like keeping everything together. And they they seem like they have a lot of fun. Like these guys, they're not driving Mercedes. They don't have like such a great life, but they don't do much. They're just, they go to a golf course every day and they fuck around and they make bets and they go to the track. So I like Lou and Porterhouse. Bill Murray, I get where Ed's coming from, but Spackler scenes, like he's a big hitter, the llama, the whole, like he steals every scene that he's in, uh, even though he has to do a lot with the gopher, which is kind of stupid. Um, yeah, I would say he, he, he was great in scenes, yeah. but anytime it's stealing with the gopher, talking about the it's gopher, stupid. it just frustrated me. It was so dumb. It's, unnecessary. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, stupid, you know, it's a Cinderella story. Like all that is just so memorable. He's amazing. And you know, Dangerfield, great Al Cervic. He's got all the fucking one-liners of the movie, just classics. But it, I mean, Smales is the man. You, this movie just isn't what it is without Ted Knight in that role. He's so fucking perfect and amazing and hilarious. Uh, I just, I just couldn't imagine this movie w- without everybody in their exact spot, especially our guy Ted Knight. There you go. Uh, all right, guys. Anything, anything else to add? Any, anything that I forgot? Anything that I left out? Ed Daly, anything you would like to share before we sign off? Not that I can think of. Okay. Um, I do remember doing a Where Are They Now? And I believe Lacey is not one that, that went the Christy Brinkley route. I don't think you want to see where she is now. Ooh. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, no. Ooh, that's tough to hear. Hold on. I, I, th- I think I saw she was also in Tron. She was in That's right. Cindy Morgan. Uh, I mean, she's born in, she's pretty old now. She's born in 1954. Official photos. Yeah, I mean, she looks okay. She's got bangs. It's hard to know. It's hard to know when these shots are taken. I feel like this is pretty recently. She looks okay. She looks okay for, oh, yeah, for a woman of a certain age. Right. She looks okay here. I, I saw 
it looked like she was puffy with Botox. But yeah. this picture, yeah. she doesn't look that yeah. bad. Yeah, she looks okay. She's not too bad. Uh, Travis Rogers, we really appreciate you coming on. You're uh, you're one of the world's foremost experts, if not the <laughs> expert on this movie. Anything anything that I forgot that you feel needs to be added to the record for posterity. No, I just, I wanted to make sure that I was not alone and thinking that Maggie might be living at the golf course because Denunzio kind of looking through the window, like that just seemed kind of how they roll. They have a weird relationship there. I, I would like to further explore their chemistry together because she's not, like you said earlier, the scene by the pool, she's not put off by Denunzio's deal. And then when Denunzio's creeping and looking through the window, she doesn't seem to be too bothered by that either. I need to know a little bit more on that. And then the other thing is, when the judge catches Lacey and Danny together, if she's living with the judge, why doesn't she have her own room? Why are they in his bedroom? That's kind of weird. That, yeah, that's, that's a very weird place to set up. Also, somebody else's bed. Also, he, he he's a public servant, and I get it. He's done pretty well for himself. He's um, he's a member at a golf course. Uh, okay, he's a member at a yacht club. Okay, he's got a sloop. Understood. But my man's also got servants. <laughs> like, well, maybe he's on the take. How much, how, how much you making down at the courthouse, buddy? Like, I don't, I don't feel like that job pays like quite that well. I get that you have a nice house and some, some, you've uh, amassed a little bit of wealth, but you got a butler as a judge. Like somebody needs to look into that. That's crazy. Well, again, I, I think we're dealing with a Midwestern town. So if you're, let's say Judge Smales was pulling down two and change back in the 70s. No, he wasn't. Right. There's no way he was. No, no, he'd be he'd be the richest guy in town for sure. Uh, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, that kind of money in Nebraska, you're, yeah. you're, you're above the law. And, <laughs> exactly. And Maggie and Danny... Maggie and Danny quickly break up after this. And yes, Denunzio definitely slides in there for at least like a little weekend tryst. Um, There's no, there's no question about that. That's that definitely happened. It's just, they're just too close. They work together eventually. And Denunzio, he needs it. (laughs) Clearly his shirt is telling you how much he needs it. Denunzio, he like, he shows up in speedos to the, to the, caddy pool party because he wants you to know he's ready (laughs) he's he's there to show you that if you're into it he's into it so that's yeah he's they 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 definitely get down at some point that's for sure all right i really appreciate it guys travis rogers thank you very much for being a guest we love having you here the fans love hearing you so thank you we couldn't we we definitely could not have done this movie without you. That's obvious. I, I'm glad you asked. I love yeah, coming on. I love listening to it. And uh, I'd like you mentioned it a, a few episodes ago, but whenever the next decade in review comes around, I have to be a part of that. That was one of my all time favorites. Oh, I really appreciate it. And we'll definitely have you back anytime, anytime you want to come on. You're welcome. Uh, so for Ed Daly, for special guest, Travis Rogers, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode 313 of the baller lifestyle podcast. We will see you next week. Goodbye.
success. Oh yes, the lifestyle's baller. Podcasts getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do. With Easy Ed Daily and the man Jay Stew and Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. Plus, you know there's Kate with a C, but she's known as Fancy Pop to you and me. Talking loud, comers, conundrums, my brothers. Rubbed you with some movies and shows and the others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters will love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit's so hot, man, you know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.